0: How long gone Jason Stewart uh, is with me uh, it's a beautiful 75 degree fall day in Atlanta leaves are falling um, I'm amped up I've just had a, a coffee um, I did Barry's boot camp this morning um,
1: business as usual over there huh that, that's right country Chris
0: is back on his BS how are you feeling TJ
1: not bad not bad at all had a nice little meal yesterday in Beverly Hills I went to a place called Matu with friend of the show Emily Oberg.
0: That sounds like a hot chick, but it's actually a restaurant?
1: It so you think you think Matu is the name of a hot chick. I like that, Chris. I mean not That's a not hot not,
0: not a hot chick that would want to talk to me, but yeah, like a hot Well, I, that I, goes
1: kind of without saying. Okay, okay without saying. I understand.
0: So so what is the Now this is a a beef forward.
1: <laughs> so I'll, I'll set this I'll, <laughs> I'll set this Basically it, it's a restaurant. In Beverly Hills, like right in the heart of Beverly Hills, you know, like I'm in whatever two minutes away from the new Erewhon, you know, it's right on, right in the zone, and it's a Wagyu beef okay. restaurant. So um, I I hear Wagyu beef and I hear Beverly Hills, and then. Then, but your the next logical step is chiching because mm-hmm. you know wa- like a wagyu steak costs like two hundred bucks like at the store. I hope
0: Emily Oberg accepts cash app. <laughs> uh, did, were you able? Were you able to kind of come up with your portion when when the meal was done?
1: I was able to come up. Yeah, we we're like, do you want okay. the re- do you want the receipt, Emily? You know, to write it off, yeah. and she's like, Ugh. I mean, it, it only has three digits in it. i don't really kind of
0: <laughs> yeah. This this meal was actually pretty cheap, What's guys. The point? So I'm gonna... uh,
1: but so it was basically like. Okay, so this is a restaurant that sells <laughs> So
0: this is a restaurant.
1: <laughs> pretty affordable wagyu beef, which okay. is which is a flag because it's known for yeah. costing hundreds of dollars, you know, if you get the good stuff. It's in Beverly Hills. You, you're, everything is leading up to being overpriced, but you can get like a four-course meal. Mm-hmm. For like seventy bucks a person, or something like that, wow. which is which is remarkably affordable.
0: But is the is the marbling off the charts, or is is, it, is the marbling looking weak?
1: It wasn't. It wasn't the best marbled wagyu I've ever that's ever touched these big brown okay. lips. But okay, it was it was pretty good. Like it, it in terms of like a twelve ounce wagyu ribeye steak, it was cooked perfectly. I mean, yeah, you know the. It, it's a little salt on the side, so I'm wondering, like, what is the catch? Why is this happening? I don't understand it, and I found out very quickly why, why all of this was happening and what the catch was. It's owned by Sugarfish.
0: Ah, uh, the kings of the kings of affordable luxury in the food space. Yeah. So did your did your uh, wagyu come in a in a kind of like a white box or was it <laughs> on a plate?
1: It was it was plated, but it's plated for efficiency. Okay. Um, a little bit more than than. Fun and flavor, so they just kinda it's like a little Mm -hmm. and here's your next car, so here's here. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure, sure. And you know, you get it's it's much worse with sushi, which is why I think sugarfish is terrible. Uh because that's like a raw food that's you know hopefully was just sliced seconds ago if it's good sushi and, and sugarfish, you know, they just sliced it days ago and it's been no, sitting in the back no, next to the dishwasher that is not true. I'm, I'm exaggerating i'm exaggerating but true. you know it's not alive is, is my problem and it, it was better with the beef but still i felt hoodwinked having to give how much the sugar fish people my money how
0: much was the valet
1: valet was 13 valet people are the only ones who are keeping the cash system alive really you know they're it's, it's a matter of time until they're fucked and also at the matu place and speaking of efficiency you, you, you hand them the card and then they bring you back a receipt. No signature, no tipping required. It's just like boom and it's done. 18% added to it. That's nice. Which is nice. they didn't do 20. So I'm there's some parts of it that I was really into, but that's not my style of eating. I went to
0: explore some new stuff in Atlanta as well um and i would love to talk to you about it if you don't if you if you don't mind if you could kind of
1: yeah i mean how fluffy were the biscuits what's going on
0: i wish it was a biscuit story god damn it but no um f- so friend of the show ben gibbard was in town with death cab for cutie his <laughs> band so we went to al, al and i went to the show and he's like oh it's at the roxy you guys, if you if you want to bring your whole family, please do. We don't have any friends here, you know, it's no big deal. I got you. Mm-hmm. So no problem. The Roxy. Oh, I remember going to the Roxy. It's right there in Buckhead, centrally located. No problem. Day of the show, you know, I'm checking the I'm I'm just checking some stuff out, getting prepared for our night on the town.
1: Checking uh, dark sky and stuff like that. Ex-
0: exactly. I find out that the, the Coca-Cola Roxy has now moved to the suburbs and it's located directly next to the Braves Baseball Stadium Bummer. in a development they call The Battery that is basically a fake New York like live-work. So there are people in this town that pay to live in an apartment that you can see a baseball stadium from. Oh, yeah. And you can like walk there to the baseball stadium. So the Coca-Cola Roxy is in in that same Mm -hmm. that same development so i got there and it's like you know parking garage nightmare it's like you got to walk past all these fucking brew pubs and like corny ass stores and then we get to the venue venue's nice size you know Mm 3500 not bad benny boy it feels like a fucking disney venue like everything is so i was just gonna
1: say this sounds exactly like every venue in orange county that i grew up going to you go to the house of blues for a show yeah and it's in Disneyland, basically. It's, yeah,
0: no, I mean, that that House it's of like Blues is literally... Like you park in a
1: mall parking lot and go.
0: That's what this is, which in Atlanta I hadn't experienced before. And I was just put off by the whole experience, but I wanted to tell Ben, we were talking about Ben's running, which you talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, my, my coach and I have been working because I'm doing this this race. And if I understood it correctly, mm-hmm. and I, I believe I did, he told me that he's going to run 100 miles around a one mile gravel track Mm -hmm. so that is he's going to go in a circle 100 times and i said bro (laughs) are you good and he said no i'm not so
1: so they didn't clean up the balenciaga runway yet and he's just gonna go tear ass on that thing for 100 laps
0: he's doing 100 laps and this is just i'm like are you and he's talking to me about like it was actually pretty interesting he's talking about hydration and, and what he's like i've been eating a lot of gummy bears Okay, same. <laughs> it's it's kind of the perfect food when you're because it because it's like it doesn't fill you up too much, but it's got sugar which keeps you satiated, and like the like jelly format
1: is like the perfect thing to ingest. Look, I mean, if anyone, I mean, Ben, Giff- what do you think his body fat percentage is? It's very low for it's ten percent, something like that. It's very low for a guy with that many fucking telecasters. I'll tell you that. To to hear a guy who ha- who has ten percent body fat saying, you know, gummy bears are the perfect food. That gives a lot of people hope out there listening right now.
0: <laughs> you're right. You're right. They're like, damn, damn. bro. He's
1: a, he's he's an ultra marathon runner, and he said it's the perfect food. My thoughts this guy, exactly. This guy's a you winner. You know, you have to, of course, get a nice Haribo grass fed. You know, you can't do the cheap shit. But no, of course not.
0: He's probably importing from Japan. You know, he's probably importing him straight from Japan. That's crazy. We also, bro. we were backstage talking. And I'm like, damn, bro, you got two buses, and then I'm like, I look over and I'm like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, big dog, you got two tractor trailers. And, and then they go on stage and they have this like very elaborate, nice light show. So it was mm-hmm. worth it, it was worth it all uh, the drive to to Cobb County, but it was I, I was it made me look at Haribo in a whole new light. Mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. That's really the ma- major takeaway. Uh, he sounded great, but but you know,
1: all, all things considered saying. it sounded he sounded great. I think I think the thought of the thought of running a hundred miles on a gravel track, I mean, you know, one mile, a hundred times over and over again. It's almost like this sadistic mental kind of torturous situation. Like, it, it's it's by design to be even more like a different kind of horny suffering compared to a normal just like, oh, I'm just going to run this ultra marathon. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, but at least the scenery changes and it, they're like, nope. You're in you're in solitary. It's like going to the hole when you're no, in jail. No, it's cool.
0: I'm really into the mental challenge of all. Like I'm very impressed by the whole thing. Like obviously it's psycho, but also like it really is a feat of the human condition.
1: I think you're impressed by it, but I don't know if you are personally into it.
0: I'm not going to do it. No, no, no. I'm not going to do it. But <laughs> I but I am impressed by and any athletic feat of that of that measure by a person who's that's not their job. You know what I'm saying? Like this is like his hobby.
1: Well, it's not his job, but it, his. His hobby is also staying alive, you know. And uh, a person like him, who is a psycho, this is how he has to stay alive. And I'm not talking about in terms of like getting his cholesterol down because he's jogging more. I mean, and like if he doesn't run a hundred times on a gravel pit,
0: yeah, that's right. Things can go things can go sideways quickly. Things can go sideways, bro. Um, well, that that's my, but I've got many more. I've got a lot of rocking to do this week, so I'm kind of trying to save up my energy, you know.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm I'm fucking DJing tonight. That's right. D- I'm rocking the crowd with friend of the show. <sighs> One of uh, one of the guests of <laughs> of all the how long gone guests probably in the in the bottom five percent of lo- <laughs> of liking us as people, uh, DJ Benji B and them jeans mixing it up tonight. DJ DJ them
0: jeans and DJ Benji B back to back tonight at the the Astor Hotel opening. Thanks to our friends at Purple PR and and Jason. I just want to I just want to ask who kind of negotiated this deal for you who kind of was your representative during this whole procedure
1: it was one of the guys over at the 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 booking agency i don't know what's one of the one of the kids over there he knows someone i don't know but I forgot his name. Do you okay. remember his name?
0: I don't. I, I, I try not to remember assistants. He's, he's,
1: been, he's a rock. He's a rock star, dude. He's been killing it he's lately. A, I forgot his name. Though. Damn,
0: bro, you've been a damn rock star. But I'm I'm upset that I'm missing this. Mm-hmm. Um, not only but be- not only because I'm a hard nosed negotiator, but also because I think that you have to rinse Benji B. You have to absolutely destroy him. <laughs> For you to walk out of there with your chest high, and I think that's the goal.
1: Yeah, I was, I was just, I was just thinking, like if if Benji didn't like me when we podcasted for an hour, just wait until <laughs> you know he hears the five tracks that I play right before he goes on <laughs> at, at eleven, You're where he's about to mix in some tasteful world music <laughs> uh, house grooves, and I'm playing zed featuring foxes clarity (laughs) no you're gonna come through or i'm playing calvin harris summer no
0: no no i've already hit lil yachty and i am gonna get his poland i'm getting the full version for you to drop tonight it's it's gonna be a worldwide exclusive
1: bbc radio one exclusive that's the that's the new yachty song where he sounds what does he sound?
0: He sounds like a
1: he sounds like Grimes fishing out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. Grimes fishing out on AutoTune somehow, all at the same time. But I, I want, I want you. I I need you and I need you and Benji. I need a full report. Um, I need to have a man on the inside who's like a DJ expert to let me know. Kind of
1: a tale of the tape
0: is what they call that. I need it. I need yeah. If you want to set up a kind of a hidden cam style, uh, verses. You know that would be great for me, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm sure I'm sure Benji is bringing the heat all the way to Hollywood and Vine tonight. But it will he'll be no match for hometown titan TJ. Them jeans.
1: Sure, he's a famous DJ. Whatever, playing for decades. Blah bitty, blah blah blah. Uh, but th- like you just said, hometown advantage is what I've got. He doesn't know what's going to hit him. And he,
0: if he thinks he can just come play a little YG and that's going to spook you, he's fucking wrong. This ain't the do-over, Queen. <laughs> TJ ain't going to be shaking in his Timbs tonight if you play a little YG, <laughs> little ice cube. You think you're cute? He'll probably go old school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause he's, he's an older guy. Um, we do have a guest today. <laughs> um, a, all the way, all the, all the way from London. He's, he's like probably younger than us. Is, Izzy Wood is a, uh, is an artist, a figurative painter and, uh, a musician as well. Uh, her newest LP, My Body, Your Choice, incredible title is, uh, out, <laughs> is out now um she had a great new york times profile from friend of the show joe coscarelli uh a few months back and she's we have a lot of friends in common with her
1: the art is bomb too the
0: art is bomb i really like the art i'm I'm looking to commission I think I'd like to commission something from her kind of a portrait of you in her style. I think would be very Yeah. Well very maybe cool. once
1: uh if our Ethereum goes back up you might be able to afford it. But I, right I, now I don't I know. Def- I if-
0: I I definitely won't be able to afford it. But let's uh <laughs> let's cr- let's cross the fucking pond and uh have a chat with her uh right now. Banging. How long gone is brought to you by Nutrifol? As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health.
1: R A F O L. I got R A F on the nut dot com promo code. How long? That's nutriful.com dot com promo code. How long?
0: You sound great. You have a, uh, Caitlin told me you have a microphone as well as headphones, so you're the most prepared guest we've ever had. Well, because I record all my music in my kitchen,
2: and I'm just in my kitchen. So.
0: Okay, so you're a, you're a true bedroom artist. You're using your Le Creuset kind of to do your drum patterns.
2: The Le Creuset is near me when I'm.
0: But for kind of moral
2: support, I have a whole set.
1: (laughs) So, Izzy, uh, you you said you record all of your music in your kitchen as well as your podcast appearances. Have you done anything like acoustically to that kitchen to make it sound better, like a recording studio, or is it just going in regular kitchen style?
2: No, it's just a normal. I've like, I've slowly um, upgraded. The story of my life is just like, Waiting for men to tell me when to upgrade my music equipment and
1: sure. uh, damn, you sound like all my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you know,
2: men love to talk about music equipment. It's one of their favourites, even if they're not um, musical in any way.
0: Um, they somehow know which hey, interface no, to get. Hey, I would like to I, a digital inter. <laughs> i would i would like to combat that i hate equipment and i prefer to be a luddite but i know i'm an outlier
1: No, chris she said straight men oh yeah
0: no the the gays have
2: have never advised me on anything
1: um but but the uh yeah no i've
2: just i've more been um slowly upgrading my equipment rather than um the room Mm -hmm. that it's in which is it's mainly a kitchen and
0: not a music studio Are you are you sick in the kitchen as well as a baker or any other culinary arts or
2: Weirdly I cooked for um Caitlyn Phillips who you know last night she's in town cuz she's um she's fallen really hard for an Englishman and You know I was I
0: was catching that on her Instagram stories but I, I didn't want yeah. to confront her I didn't want to confront her so I'm glad we're doing it on the air. I think that's Yeah.
2: Fair. I think that is I think that's
0: actually much more tasteful.
2: Um I agree. I agree. And I think a British a British person can read another british person in a way that an american never can um mm-hmm. and so i was semi-tasked with sussing him out a little bit but i i cooked okay. for a bunch of like my inner circle here and then caitlin and um a couple of other americans and i realized i'm a cook not a baker
0: okay so because I, really, I um, yeah i followed you on instagram and i was seeing some of your handiwork but the camera work wasn't i wasn't able to get like a beauty shot to kind of understand the menu So if you could just walk us through, that'd be great.
2: (laughs) I can just take you. Well, what I've done is no. um, uh, (laughs) Have you dined with us before? Some had dined with me before, but uh, no, I did. I I went like full kind of autumn is closing in in England and I made chicken pie. I made like a vegetarian tart for the one vegetarian um, Mm -hmm. because I love him. Uh, I did a kohlrabi salad with capers, which is inspired by the best salad ever, which is at St. John restaurant in London. Mm -hmm. And it's the only reason I bought a mandolin, but it was money well spent. Sure. Um, Love that restaurant. I did this Swedish dish that's called uh, Janssen's Temptation,
0: which is kind of like... (laughs)
1: In, in B minor? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like
0: a, more of a symphony. Uh, maybe it's a symphony in the mouth, though. How did it go?
1: It's,
2: I mean, I think it's pretty bomb. I usually don't tell anyone that it has anchovies in it, because I never know how people feel about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's, a, it's like a potato gratin, milk, cream, and then anchovies are like the the secret to it tasting amazing
0: Mm -hmm. okay look when you when you list out when you list out the ingredients it does sound a little bit like a tummy ache waiting to happen but i think that maybe your presentation would would lead me to still have a bite
2: i would advise you to try it before you judge this dish (laughs) um but uh yeah no my dad my dad used to make it a lot when we were growing up and so um i'm almost over familiar with Mm -hmm. making it and it's a great side only for
0: winter months it's too much for summer. But, um, yeah, it's like, of course, decidedly getting to be winter here. And what was the, now, did you do a wine pairing? Was this a cocktail kind of situation? Well, I'm, I'm sober. So I have like a strict BYOB policy.
2: Um, I did a Diet Coke pairing. Okay,
0: <laughs> great, great. Which in the 2022 Diet Coke is drinking very well actually at the moment. <laughs> so you're saying it op- it opens it opens up nicely when you kind of pour it over ice.
2: Yeah, it's more like it's like Drano for the palate. So you just kind of start from fresh every with every bite. <laughs> the palate
1: isn't cleansed. It's it's a, it's, it's eviscerated. Okay. The, pal- the, palate, the palate is palate, a bit, yeah. It's eviscerated. Okay. Yeah. So you are a Diet Coke drinker. You will admit that. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. have you have you thought that the formula of Diet Coke has changed over the years or do you think it's the same the entire time because I feel like it it changes and gets worse as time progresses.
2: Do you think? Yeah. Maybe I mean in the in the US it always tastes better and I don't know if that's like a well wow. like a farm to table <laughs> feeling that I have about it mm-hmm. being made um in the country. It's like a local um <laughs> delicacy but uh I mean, in Europe, that the thing they call Coca-Cola Light is is garbage, in my opinion, Interesting. Um, and should should be taken immediately from the Coca-Cola umbrella.
1: It's it's rare that you hear that the American version of a food item is better, so that makes me feel good. Unfortunately, it's Diet Coke.
2: Well, it just has to be, yeah, pure poison, and then of course the Americans do do it better.
0: Like- <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> I um, you know, I'm also sober, but I always feel inclined to spend kind of. Not a large amount of money, but substantial amount on bringing wine and it make it, I kind of get off on that even though I'm not gonna drink it but I think that your policy sounds better
2: why well, I can't i i it's unclear after six years, but I don't love the idea of testing myself with a bottle of wine in the house um I see oh so it's it's more it's b y o b but it's always it's also like. T-Y-O-B, which is like take your own booze because i i don't want to <laughs> um sure, sure. i don't want to keep it in the house but i <laughs> yeah i understand i could understand wanting the proximity of almost lapping as someone who buys and drinks wine mm-hmm. um of just being close to the alcohol in that way but mm-hmm. i would have drunk fucking windscreen wiper cleaner mm-hmm. like it, i would have um yeah i lost my uh, sophisticated taste like in the blink of an eye so
0: I can't really be trusted. I don't necessarily know anything about it either, but I I like the experience of going to the store. Sure. Because the employees at the store want you to come in with an idea of what you want, and then they want to kind of destroy that idea and blow your third eye open. And when I tell them, (laughs) I don't care, I don't drink... They really have a hard time. It kind of <laughs> puts them on their ass a little bit, and they don't know how to handle me. Yeah, and I, I like, I like that feeling because they're dorks. Well, I mean, that sounds like <laughs> visiting an art gallery. That experience, but um, that's true. That's true. That's 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 true. Well, I mean,
2: try getting sober in the UK, where people take it as a personal slight when you get sober. <laughs> they say, "Are you okay?"
0: Yeah, I, I was going to. Yeah, I, I would say that your culture is 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 more uh, drinking centric. Um, for oh, sh- it's extraordinary
2: it's i think it's the only way that the average brick can access his or her emotions mm-hmm. um or like can get really earnest and you know there are certain things that you talk about your family only when you're all wasted
1: it's not a perfect plan but it works yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: i mean my getting sober was to my family considered saying no to any kind of deep conversation <laughs> which i'm more than willing to have because you know
0: i did rehab and i saw all manner of Repressed Brits um, open up. What is the culture now? This the sober culture there because it's it's very you know it's having a because uh, I'm actually I'm looking at about six years myself. I, 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 we're on the mm. similar timeline. Mm. Congratulations. Thank you, and same to you. But I think that the the you know I, here it's quite cool now. Like it's a trend. I would say to like not drink uh, and and even to go as far as to be sober, which I feel like is something that would never be able to take hold in in the UK.
2: Well, I think there's there's not drinking and then there's like being a sober person and um, being in (laughs) um, which are two kind of identity. I think British people are suspicious of all of them. I think they can maybe understand it more if they personally have seen you in hell with alcohol. And it's very, very clear that even by British standards, you can't. You you go too far, which is a very high bar. Which is a very high bar. And then I think people are slightly more understanding, but they do you know, my my oldest sort of British friends, like, they don't know what to do with me after like six PM. They're like, we can't really go we I, I'm more than happy to go to a pub, but they I don't think they think it's fun if I'm yeah, my, if I'm my,
0: sat there with like a lime soda. Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. I, I understand. I, I find pubs to be I just don't it's not my scene. You know, I I, I prefer to sit in like a like a high-end hotel lobby while people drink that feels comfortable to me Mm. um i think the kind of the dive bar pub kind of situation is really unappealing unless you're like on coke yeah you know i don't really understand i don't really have i don't really have those romantic feelings about those kind of places i mean i do just from growing up here that's like yeah that's
2: like where i first made out with someone you know it's just (laughs) a it's a, a thing but now i yeah i'm i either don't go or i have to develop some kind of passion for darts um so that there's just something that's so to do so that I'm not or I like man the jukebox or something.
0: It would be it would be cool if you got very good at darts. That's like a nice. It would be kind of great. That's a nice idea. Another string for my bow.
1: <laughs> Izzy, um you you mentioned, you know, family members and people needing alcohol to open up and you seem like a pretty open book. Is that something that wasn't the case prior to your sobriety? Um Seems like you're down for a deep chat.
2: Oh my god, only. Only mm-hmm. <laughs> exclusively,
1: but did that have you always been that way or did it take, um, you know, sobriety and transcendental meditation to get there?
2: Um, that did help. And then I was, I've been in therapy since age 11, I want to say, because of a crazy eating disorder that is a re- recurring uh, character in my life. And so mm. through total necessity, I was put in therapy in a way that no one else in my family had ever been before. And so I, I feel like I learned. A different language to them quite but i do my family a disservice they're not they're not the worst of the families in the uk that i've met in terms of like (laughs) drinking in order to function or drinking in order to talk sure both my grand my both my grandmas are extremely extremely good at having a deep conversation within within reason but um yeah being in therapy and going to rehab and having to like having just non-negotiable demons Mm. which i guess a couple of generations ago in my family would have been called like a case of the blues
1: <laughs> or a case of
2: yeah a case of the doldrums yes. <laughs> or he wasn't quite right and then he killed himself um yeah <laughs> oh well so there is yeah there is definitely there's some issues to be sorted out but it you know my parents are both like medical doctors physicians and so um there's a very 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 sort of hard line between physical and mental health and they think they're better than any any psychiatrist?
1: Western medicine is the way, and your Eastern practices, we care not for them, kind of kind of thing.
2: Oh yeah, the East. I mean, the, if you're talking about TM, like that came that came way later, but it does feel. I mean, it's delicious, like to
0: rebel in that way. Interesting, because I always thought doctors made fun of dentists. Huh. You know what I mean? Because like that's like fake shit. But they also, you're saying they also the 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 kind of therapist mental health side of things, like that's cute for you guys, but you know we save lives over here. Is that the attitude? I mean, my my experience of having doctor parents is they were
2: um, always like remarkably unimpressed by any ailment that I could bring to them, like short of internal bleeding. They just weren't really interested. Mm. Doctors, I mean, dots in the UK. I guess my parents both work for the NHS, which is like a socialist project. Yeah, um, which I worry is crumbling. They're they're uh, retiring at probably the right time because it's not looking good. It's looking very American. Slow, mm-hmm. slowly and slowly
0: okay calm down okay calm down okay we we love paying for our healthcare out of pocket that's kind of our culture yeah it's your favorite and uh, you know i'm not i'm not going to let you attack me going bankrupt uh, <laughs> yeah. if i break my arm yeah um <laughs> well i mean
2: i what i'm saying is we're not really going to have a leg to stand on for much longer but the my parents work for this socialist project and so they already thought that they were better than any private doctors in the uk they thought that was sure. garbage um And then mental health was for people who are... Pussies? Pussies. (laughs) Maybe um, bored and and have done a bit too much Mm -hmm. looking inwards because they don't have a lot going on in their life. (laughs) Dentists. There was never much hatred towards dentists. My dad had an affair with our dentist. So cool. Well, that kind of explains that. Yeah, but it... There was there were attacks on her character, but not on her profession. <laughs> <laughs> and I continued to see her well into 2016. Really? Oh yeah, she definitely wasn't my mom's dentist after that, but um, all my brothers. But I kept I kept seeing her because she um, the work was just too good. The bitch could clean a tooth so well. She she knew how to she knew how to handle my she knew all my history, and I was. But then I I went to her in 2016 and. She told me that she'd voted for Brexit and how thrilled she was that we'd left the European Union. And I was like, I can't see this bitch. So you're saying
0: that was the straw that broke the camel's back? That is
2: where I draw the line. Ruin my family? Fine. You can have as much extramarital sex with my dad as you want. But if you you want to leave the EU, then we can't. We can't work together. How
1: did did, you, did your did your parents' relationship survive this adultery, or did they divorce afterwards? Absolutely not. Okay.
2: It. Was, I mean, it was kind of a the writing was on the wall for a really long time to the point where I noticed it as a as a kid. But um, yeah, my my dad has a problem, um, and that's where therapy <laughs> could really come in mm-hmm. handy. I think.
0: But is is he does he consider himself to be not only above it but maybe like too old for it? Is that a possibility as well?
2: Yeah, I guess being too old and and above it go hand in hand. That yeah, it's not yeah, how things right. were done in his day, kind of thing. I mean, I say his day, like he's like sixty <laughs> years old. He's not. He's not. <laughs> what is now?
0: Who are you? Who are you closer with? Your
2: mother or your father? God, this is my this is my issue with deep chats. I I don't have not spoken to my father for as long as I've been sober. So mm. it's it's close, but I am closer with my mom. <laughs> it's close. It's a it's yeah. Does, almost a draw.
0: Now is this, But is this. Is this something that you are choosing or he is choosing, or is this something that's kind of happened?
2: It just, there wasn't, um, there wasn't anything really dramatic. Like I, I wish I could point to some yeah. enormous betrayal on either of our parts, but it just, I think we, I, I became an adult and we're like, I don't think we like hanging out as much as we used to. And, you know, I, something about being, a daughter and feeling like you play second fiddle to the many women in this dude's life mm. i just i just started seeing him as a dude like he was just a you grew up he was just some gentleman who um <laughs> i didn't yeah who really loves foraging for mushrooms and also women
0: so your dad is a known he's a stick man he's he has a he chases skirts as they say
2: He's what you would call in the UK a top shagger.
1: A top shagger. <laughs> yeah. He's after the clunge. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, fiending for minge. A poon hound in the <laughs> minge department. Okay, so... And, and mushrooms as correct. well. Mushrooms as well. Have you picked up the foraging bug also?
0: No. I'm more interested in the foraging within.
1: <laughs> that's what we yeah. do. That's what this podcast <laughs> is
0: all about. We're just we're just foraging the inside.
2: It's the foraging within.
0: You kind of have to. Yeah, you know, this is where we're at as a society. I feel like all... I think... Young people younger than us. I know you're younger than Jason and I, but like even younger, younger are. I think they are doing too much inward gazing. I believe that is a is a thing that can happen.
2: I think that could be true. It's inward gazing with a view to what? Like if it's a view to become a um, a borderline personality disorder influencer on <laughs> on Instagram, then that is probably
0: not. I just mean that I think there's like a a just like a self indulgence kind of of always doing that and having the luxury of doing that. Whereas I don't know if um, other people dad yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> is that you yeah. <laughs> I want to reconnect after all this time I want to reconnect because looking inside is free it's not a luxury
0: yeah no but I yeah. think I think that there it's turned into a little bit of a like I can't do anything else but that you know preoccupation is the issue not the actual for not sure the actual, which is bad of you know thing
1: mm, itself. Mm,
0: mm, mm.
2: Yeah, and that's bad in any venture.
0: Yeah, for sure,
1: I would. Agree. You, yeah, you're looking so inward that you forget to brush your teeth or return phone calls and things like that. Oh yeah, no, that, that's. Well, I would good. never forget
0: to <laughs> to good. post, obviously, or my clients would kind of not pay me. So that that's the problem.
1: Or or even worse, if you're
2: posting instead of brushing your teeth, that's um, a clear cry for help.
1: In in terms of mental health, looking inward, deep gazing on the inside and and sobriety where do you stand or how do you feel about like ketamine therapy
2: um i mean it does it has this weird uh there's some like venn diagram of like the help i could get from ketamine versus like potential of Mm. uh (laughs) liking it too much because i'm a sober person Mm. yeah i've had a couple of friends who've done dmt therapy and i understand i mean it's difficult because like ketamine was such a big part of my adolescence and like especially my art school days and it to me it will always be like a recreational drug it would be hard to
1: um see it differently yeah it's different over there in the uk i guess where ketamine just comes out of the faucet it sure does
2: yeah i am always very suspicious of the um you know where i where i start to harbor fantasies of um going to south america and doing peyote or ayahuasca or um you know i can feel my brain um it's being seduced by the idea of a quick fix or like a one-time thing. Right. The more boring answer is that it's just ongoing maintenance. It's like meditating twice a day, every day, whether I want to or not in a kind of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it attitude. Like mm-hmm. that's good enough for me right now. That and a couple of antidepressants. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, it, it scares me a little bit. Um, The, the ketamine. I mean, cause I'm, I worry it would almost feel uh, familiar from when I did ketamine in a, dorm toilet and no one one could reach me for (laughs) what I assume was two hours and I I couldn't let myself out, I was too scared. (laughs) Uh, And also like if a doctor, you know, people say like, oh, it's the, that means, but a physician is present. I'm like, but that's just my parents. That's going to make everything (laughs) far worse. Like, I would like be watching them to see if they're like rolling my eyes about what I'm talking about. <laughs> and that's, that's deeply triggering in not a therapeutic way.
1: You, you paint a, a, a very good, but very dark picture with us.
2: You maybe if I, maybe if I got a little more desperate, I would, I would look into it. I'm fascinated by all that stuff. I love, I, I'm, I think medicine is, uh, Incredibly limited the way it is right now.
0: I'm. I think I'm. I'm fascinated with it to an extent, but if you live in Los Angeles, it becomes a little bit of an eye roll. Mm. Oh god! Because yeah. of what? It, because of what it's become? And I think that, like, I mean, I've talked to some friends that, and they they use these words like I've never heard before. Like I'm going to a circle tonight. Oh, what's that? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you? What the fuck are you talking about?
1: Better be a drum circle.
0: I really hope. I wish it would be better. It's. <laughs> it's no, no, no. It's. It's literally like you know you like people are doing. Like ayahuasca, you know, led by a you know "quote unquote" right. doctor, you know, in like a house in Beverly Hills.
1: We're gonna lay around Diplo's foyer, yeah, and play some ambient tunes on the CDJs. That sounds
0: awful. Uh, well, come come up to come up to Topanga anytime, and we can we can do it. But no, I mean, uh, I think that that kind of stuff it feels extremely. Like Los Angeles-centric, even though I'm sure it happens other places, but I think the casualness of it and the way that it sucks in seemingly very normal people yeah. who are searching and searching and searching in a way that it's almost like they're looking for religion or something, like that magnetic draw feels... That's
1: been LA for decades, though, you know? Yeah. That's the beauty of it. The draw
2: in the circle is in your friend being able to say, oh, I'm actually just going to a circle tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's some... uh, I don't, That feels like appealing to be able to tell someone like i'm i'm just oh from 7 p.m i'm gonna be reaching a higher plane so yeah if you text Uh me i may not
0: reply 7 p.m i'm gonna be sweating and throwing up on a blanket uh, yeah uh, and just don't don't try to text yeah i guess it's it's
1: not that chic to say like oh i'm tonight I, i can't hang out i'm gonna go roll around on the ground and do hard drugs at my friend's house you can't really just say that it's more grown up
2: it's more grown up to pay
1: yes to go somewhere yes yeah, I love paying. It I makes love you paying. feel good when
2: you pay. <laughs> but you do, you do hear, I remember, uh, cause I'm such a, I'm a big fan of Gabor Mate, um, and he's a, he's, uh, an amazing, like, addiction therapist, a doctor, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, and he is a big advocate of psychedelic experiences when very carefully done. And I remember him saying on some podcast or other while I was painting, like, that there are some of these doctor sh- shaman type guys who, like, sexually abuse people while they're in the lowest point of their trip and it's like you have to be really careful with that stuff oh, i'm not
0: surprised by that at all it's the dark arts no
2: i know i'm not surprised either but it's shocking it's
0: no um, no it's not great but i think that that's like the yoga that's like the the bikram thing you know and all that stuff mm-hmm. came out that's like the big that's like the largest scale of that i feel like because yoga is the most approachable of, of, of something like that that people used to think was really weird and now it's obviously crossed over fully yeah
2: i'm wearing a shirt actually right just i thought in case we were videoing i was wearing i'm wearing a shirt that says fuck yoga on it um, okay
0: so you're not a yoga
1: person Does that mean you're against yoga or that's a style of yoga called fuck yoga
2: it's neither um that I think in the first sex in the city movie um Samantha's much younger actor boyfriend Smith Jared is mm-hmm. um for no reason in one scene wearing a great t-shirt that says <laughs> fuck yoga on it and it's never mentioned but he's just wearing it and he's like packing to go and shoot some film or something and I was like I'm gonna make that shirt <laughs> and so, I, so i made it it's one of my favorite shirts
1: um i didn't i didn't take you for a big uh, sex in the city fan especially their film releases which oh my god are you kidding i love
2: it like after i've painted all day and i've done like i've like tortured myself over music for two hours like all i want to do is just numb my brain and what better analgesic than especially the movies because they are so awful <laughs>
1: Yeah, whenever I'm on an airplane. Spectacularly bad. I, I watch the second one where they go to the Middle East. Abu Dhabi. Yeah, the Abu Dhabi. Every airplane ride, if I see it on there, it's like a thing I just have to do. The
2: phrase well, that Samantha says when she meets like a hot guy in Abu Dhabi and she says, Lawrence of my labia. And it <laughs> will never...
0: That's leave good. my mind that's good writing right there that's what Hollywood's all about that's that's poetic it was a different time I applaud whoever whether it
2: was Darren Starr or or not like I don't who cares I just that line's never gonna leave me <laughs>
0: even if I wanted to did now did you watch did you watch the the reboot of course uh, on HBO or did of course you, okay and did you ha- did you have strong feelings
2: I it didn't have quite the numbing effect that I wanted it was almost too sad there were too many emotions in it for me yeah it was uh it felt like sad from a like new york isn't how it used to be and it felt from like our bodies aren't what they used to be and our relationships aren't what they used to be and mm-hmm. i mean realistic but that's not why i go to the sex and the city franchise you know <laughs> yeah it's yeah, not what i'm not looking for when i go, when all, I go really. there yeah no i'm good
0: <laughs>
1: don't do this to me carrie god damn it
2: please don't don't make me feel don't make me prepare for menopause <laughs> don't do
1: this i don't want to talk about egg freezing at all i didn't want to turn that part of my brain off for 45 minutes i
2: don't don't want to talk about egg freezing i don't want to see all of the disastrous injectables and plastic surgery that you've all had like it it, charlotte um, i
0: think charlotte looks the worst charlotte it's a lot it's a lot i really want to know like is are the like if if someone in your life uh even if they're the breadwinner or famous or powerful begins to use injectables on that level is there truly no one that will step in and tell you what's going on? Is that really where these women are at? Is that where this many people are in their lives where everyone's afraid of them and won't tell them to stop?
2: I don't know. I think it's, I think it's like a very
0: potent mix of
2: like, of, of your um, injectables being a, a regular, you know, maintenance that's become so entrenched in your life, like doing a grocery shop or something. And then it's also like the face aging around, the injectables (laughs) yeah, and it's this like you can just see like the battle of
1: like a tree growing out of the asphalt
2: time taking its natural toll as it's want to do and then um and then these desperate dermatological attempts to stop stop the tide and i mean i feel like it's the the fucking
0: dermatologist responsibility to to be like Mm. are you sure you want this but they're never going to do that well i think that that's that stuff is so accessible and like kind of considered light like it's literally like you said it's like getting a car wash right I right think those guys are like you got you're gonna buy a pack of 10 today it's like a subscription yeah it's cash yeah do you want a subscription
2: yeah no i met there's an art collector i met for the first time last year who he's both a dermatologist in that he administers injectables and also a psychiatrist and i was like is that not a contradiction <laughs> in terms like what do you do when someone like like me for instance like shows up with like crippling body dysmorphia and is like i want a different face like what do you um what do you say to that part you be like do you mandate therapy what mm. or do you just take the money and get the syringes out i'm gonna say both is what my guess is you know, yeah i guess your, your
1: therapy your doctor's oaths cancel each other out for for both of your practices i guess
2: yeah i don't know it's a hell of a maybe you take some finder's fee from the shrink that you refer them to i don't <laughs> i don't know
1: how i'm your system i
0: don't know how your system works did he buy any did he buy any work or are you guys just friends he bought
2: um he bought a work last year and then just kind of from the pandemic he lives in new york and i only met him for the first time earlier earlier in the year but he was still petrified of covid mm-hmm. at that point and so it was like wearing a mask and taking a bite of food then wearing a mask mm-hmm. and taking a bite of food it was <laughs> one of those things but I know a couple of a couple of women I know trade paintings for Botox from him.
1: Wow. Wow. Who is it?
2: <laughs> I don't know who's getting it. I'm not at liberty to say. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who's getting the better
1: deal there. I have no idea. I guess it depends on the artist. Yeah. That's crazy. I love that. I love that too. That's a really modern thing.
2: Well, it's modern, but it's also time honored. Like you hear of like um, you know, these old Renaissance guys trading work mm. for, for a doctor to cure them of syphilis, like Mark Rothko's dentist had an insane collection of <laughs> Rothko's. Like it's it's the the trade the trade with for services is a thing. I, I I try not to do that ever.
1: Yeah, I feel like once you rise in in success and popularity, the amount of things, objects that you can trade or services that you can trade. You know, if a, a painting costs a half a million dollars, it's like, yeah, we're going to trade for a house. You know, like what do you do?
2: Well, yeah and i and some some of my early not even trades but gifts of paintings like from 5 or 6 years ago coming back to haunt me via auctions so <laughs> the
1: the painting that sold for half a million dollars i'm assuming you didn't make a half a million dollars on that no
2: mm-hmm. of course not i mean if it sells in in a uk auction house you get 1% royalty which is better than nothing but it's not it's not great.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I didn't even know they gave you that. But
2: no, a friend of a very mentally unwell friend from a while ago, she sold, she'd collected birthday cards I'd given her and sold three of them. Wow. No way. They She got like 26 grand for each one. And I was like, who is buying something that says Happy Birthday,
0: Lauren, on the back? So these are, these are cards, but they're paintings. They're not like cards from Tesco. They're
2: on like, uh, They're on this like canvas board, which is really thin. Okay. They they were like paintings, but they don't look like my work anymore at all. And I just, uh.
1: What a bittersweet feeling to be like, wow, this, this fucking bitch took my birthday card and made whatever, you know, 75 grand on that. That sucks, but also like, wow, I'm I'm popping. I'm like, I'm torn. I'm (laughs) torn. Um,
2: I'm like, I can't believe you walked into Phillips off the street and put these works in there. Um, but also get that bag.
0: Did you, did you confront her or did you
2: laugh? I haven't been in touch with her for a really long time. I don't know if she even has a phone. I really think she walked into the auction house and she used to be Mm -hmm. in the art world. So she kind of knows how things work, but I, I have no idea. I wish her well because. I see. I really hope that money goes towards something
0: good. Some injectables.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe some injectables. That's actually
0: really, that's, I've never heard a story like that, but I feel like as things. As, as a star rises, this happens to, to people in all sorts of fields, you know?
1: Yeah. You've seen pawn stars, Chris.
0: Yeah. I've seen pawn stars. That's true.
2: It's, um, it's a new frontier for me. It's kind of new. It only started happening like the auction thing at all only started happening in like this time last year. So
0: how does that when, when you, how do you usually find out about that? Does someone tell you? Do you see it? Like, how do you usually find out about that?
2: Oh, the, I mean, the auction house usually i don't know if it's um out of of their heart or whether they yeah well they i don't know whether it's legally or just like tastefully they just let the gallery know they were like we're so excited to have this work coming up in our evening sale of um 20th century whatever uh and then sometimes there was a work that i made in literally school and they said we can't verify the signature on the back of the canvas and they showed a photo and it was like some other guy's name, it said like Lewis on the back. <laughs> and I was like, but that's because when you're at art school, you fucking share canvases. If someone doesn't need something, you take it and you paint oh. on it because you're broke. And so yeah, this was made in school and now you're selling it. And maybe that's a sign <laughs> that you, that you shouldn't have it in your evening sale. <laughs> but they went, they asked for a certificate of authenticity. So I was like, yeah, I, 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 I've never, I've never tried out
0: just like disowning a work and saying <laughs> yeah. like, i've never seen this in my life (laughs) yeah 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 what the hell are you talking about that ain't my name i've never seen this shit once no sir that baby don't look like
1: me (laughs) yeah exactly
2: i mean i hope i really kind of hope some fakes come up at some point that would really i feel like that would be the cherry on top of my ego it's like (laughs) people just faking faking my work and then that's an incredible sign
0: of accomplishment do you now do you personally do you trade with friends are you trying to amass a collection as well or are you output only yeah and i and i buy like honestly i since since i started
2: making money like i'll i'll buy something if i really like it and if i can get it especially from the other artists on um on my london galleries roster yeah because i there are there are, a, there are a few whose work i'm just crazy about and i've known them for years and i have Hate to think in financial terms, but like if you trade with someone, someone really young or or someone mm-hmm. who, or someone who's a really, who you think is awful um at art <laughs> and they want to trade. And I'm like, do I then do it just because it's a financial decision or? I mean, <laughs> I think it's a case by case basis, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I still, I still give a lot of gifts. I've, I've tried to temper it, but I'll, um, Definitely like a birthday or wedding gift or something, always.
0: I mean, I've always heard these great stories about people that were just kind of around, that were like middling artists that you might know, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, why is this person so fucking rich? Mm. And then you you find out, it's like, oh yeah, I just traded. I was with all these these guys. I was with yeah. them at the time. And now I, I have more money than I would have ever made off of selling my own work. Mm. Right place, right time. Yeah, yeah.
2: Why? Well, I, I mean, people are part of the new frontier of of my work being some, I don't know, hyped entity or something in in our very, very small world, which is the art world. But um, people are resorting to all kinds of weird subterfuge to get access to the work. And I would not put it past some people to pretend to be friends with me for like three and a half years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I've, I've befriended for as an investment in my future yeah i mean where things have happened i don't know i've had i've had like people you know trying to trying to date me and then they say actually my my brother's been asking for work for a while can you uh make sure the gallery saw his email damn
0: it's, it, it's hard <sighs> being yeah. popping sucks i tell you what there's some downsides to this stuff you can't trust anybody
2: yeah you can't i mean i can trust the people who were there before there you go um but i'm very i mean i'm always suspicious of british people are always very suspicious of flattery really in general and so if you yeah Mm. oh yeah i guess it makes sense the word cunt is a term of endearment here like that should tell you british people are freaks jason you know (laughs) we just uh but this is (laughs) the complimentary way of talking of oh you look so good or you did so what yeah that's just not really a it'll make you it'll make a british person tense up usually do you watch any of the mm-hmm. Housewives franchise of programs or is that not in your wheelhouse yeah i watched um I watched the first couple seasons of the real Housewives of New York know me who you know yes of course turned me on to Salt Lake City, <laughs> but I found it when that woman got um arrested by the FBI for yes for some kind of money laundering i was like this is actually maybe too depressing
0: i only bring it up because the biggest takeaway for me is that every single episode every single season no matter what's happening when they see each other for the first time all they do is tell each other how good they look oh yeah no matter how much they hate each other which i find to be like it's, it's just it makes me laugh every time it's so funny
2: it's amazing
0: so and then funny. watching
2: the smile die down within like 15 seconds as soon as they as soon as they turn away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. It,
0: yeah, exactly. It's it's everybody knows what the deal is but they all continue to participate yeah. in the same way. I mean, the effort has been put in but often they look kind of like
2: they all seem quite manic i don't know if it's like the eye lift because their eyes look really surprised all the time um (laughs) and they just look sort of crazed i don't know maybe it's adderall or something
1: i think Mm. i'm gonna
0: gonna guess all the above
1: izzy i wanted to talk about um about the music world as well as the art world it it seems like you've had more financial success in the art world than the music world is that correct to say um i've had zero financial success in the music world (laughs) Okay. So, so you've sort of, you've, you've been able to be quite successful in the art world. Music world is a very tough industry for pretty much everyone, even, even people. I who, think I've lost
2: money from, from the music. <laughs> I'm like, just hoping I break even.
1: Well, for, for somebody who, you know, has, has your brain and your kind of unique way of looking at the world, if you, if it was up to you to sort of change the music industry, you know, aside from just having you run it instead of old white guys, you know, what, what are some ways... Oh, I shouldn't run it. <laughs> Let the whites have what they want. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. We appreciate that.
2: Um, well, they, I mean, it's like they, I think in terms of the the way the guys who run the music industry or the, at least like some of the ones you hear about or the ones I've met or whatever the way, like what they consider a successful music industry, I mean, they're like job well done. Mm -hmm. like if it's to harvest as much money and to give as little as possible then like that is that's right that's that's well done you caught on to us all i would uh (laughs) stipulate is just do that artist gallery split make it 50 50 with the label Mm. i like the optimism of
1: that right 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 so there's no no advances that you have to repay back for 10 years it's just like We'll make this money, you know. You, I'll pay for this. You pay for that. We split this fifty-fifty. Yeah,
2: you split, split everything like in like with art. Like if a you know a really expensive sculpture needs to get made, you normally split fifty-fifty production
1: costs with your gallery, mm-hmm.
2: and just everything, everything divided down the middle. I don't know why that's so like radical to.
1: Yeah, I guess the art world is sort of the only one I can think of offhand that still sort of adheres to those pretty simple. Steadfast ways of doing business, right?
2: I mean, it's so simple. We we don't even do contracts. There's something about having lawyers like sort of negotiate this piece of paper that sort of ties you to someone that gives either party permission to behave pretty heinously because <laughs> you've got this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. It's like the ultimate NFT. It's like it's this thing, but it doesn't really exist and i think with with art like and i am bearing in mind that i've had like an amazing experience the more i hear about it the more grateful i feel for my particular path that i've cut through it but yeah there's like any relationship like you just every day kind of ask both people ask themselves like do you still want to be in this relationship work or otherwise you know 50 50 is hopefully implies that most people are trying to put in equal amounts of effort and it shifts slightly. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, without, without the contracts, it's really, it's like the ultimate consent.
1: Yeah. The it, it corrects itself.
2: It should. And then, and you know, if, and if you decide to part ways, it's like, it's nothing more than a heart to heart. And then you can, and then you can part ways. I mean, there, I guess there are drawbacks to that as well, but you know, it was also pretty easy for me to leave my music label. It's like, but it was. It took eight months to negotiate joining.
0: So eight months. That's usually, yeah. If you normally, if they're not making a lot of eight months. If they're not making a lot of money off of you, and you really want to leave, it's usually pretty easy to leave. Yeah, they. So, you know, that's that's usually how it goes. I think the email my lawyer got was, "We thought
2: you'd never ask." <laughs> <laughs> uh, eight, eight months. Eight months is honestly like that's. I mean, like, it was it was also mid. It was like early pandemic. Everyone was like slower. I mean, well, people had less. People had more free time than ever, so
1: it's kind of shocking. But. Well, no one wanted to work, and this was with um, this was with Mark Ronson, correct?
2: Yeah, this was with his late his label, Zelig, which was an imprint of Sony. Which I found out when it said Sony on the contract,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and not Mark, not, <laughs> okay, not so the you... guy from Amy Winehouse, and not Mark, it did not say. <laughs> guy from Amy Winehouse. <laughs> it's
0: the idea of an imprint is obviously like it's a little bit cooler but you still have the budget to market and record like you would if you were on a major. That's Sure. But you also have the you
2: also have the Sony legal team panicking about being sued yes. for any kind of like visual copyright infringement which I found out the hard way with Were you doing a lot of stealing? I made with a with a friend who's actually the sister of my London gallerist but that's not important um we made she does cgi stuff and we made a music video for this song debt very early on like the first release i think and it was a a cgi game of monopoly played by like sad completely naked men and i my face was on all of the pieces (laughs) um it was really good. Okay. And, uh, okay. And we bought it to m- Mark, Sony, like whatever, Zony. I, that's what we started calling it after a while. Um, <laughs> Zony. Zony. And, uh, <laughs> and they were like, we're going to get sued by Hasbro. This is not going to work. Like this lawsuit could be enormous. Yeah. And I was like reading all of, I, I got into like reading Hasbro copyright literature because i was so desperate to like do something
0: (laughs) yeah literature
2: it was was, like i had downloaded like like a 670 page pdf on my phone of like hasbro has how litigious hasbro have been like uh (laughs) uh historically (laughs) and um and in the end sony sony's legal team they were like it's not worth it and i'm sorry we're not going to pay for this music video even though we said we would
1: so they have a lot more to lose than you do so it's not so fun anymore yeah
2: i don't i don't understand that world i mean i i like from coming from the art world like you can you can put any logo on anything in any show and it's never a conversation like Mm -hmm. it's
0: considered different i think legally it's considered different which is confusing of course especially if you're not a lawyer no and but i mean so i
2: so i i mean i don't know whether that conversation or that um friction would have happened with an indie label but i became very aware of the drawbacks of this major label way of doing things and so i released the video myself and um paid for it myself and Thank God I could do that; otherwise, I would have been destitute. You know. I wonder.
0: Mm-hmm. I I wonder actually. I th- I wonder if a, a indie label is like we're just going to look the other way, or if they're even more paranoid because they I have more to lose. Almost.
2: You know. It's a. It's a completely. It was just so alien to me, even having the conversation, having the conversations of like Mark texting me like, "We've got some of the finest legal minds working on this case." <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, why? I'm like, oh, thank God, the finest. Thank God they are the finest legal minds. You're like, bro, this is CGI
0: video of Monopoly. It's two minutes and 30 seconds. Like,
2: I'm all the pieces. It's my head on a shoe. It's my head on a dog. It's my head on a, you know, I'm on all the money. I'm on all the money and all of the property names are my are the song lyrics to the song. It's like.
0: I was so proud of that music video. Well, at least it, look, at least it saw the light of day. I mean, that's like,
1: that's the bottom line, you know, that's the bottom line. And now that we're talking about it, thousands of people will watch it tomorrow. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. I really hope they do.
0: We're very popular in Australia and some other countries as well. So just something to think about. I don't really want Australians watching. So, (laughs)
2: um, no, it's, that's a fine country. Another member of the Commonwealth. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, did you lose any money directly when the queen died or did, or were you okay? No, Caitlin, Caitlin lost some of her sanity though, because one story that she'd placed got, um, they cleared everything out and they yeah. pushed this story forward and, um, allegedly it could have ruined everything. I don't really know how, but Caitlin loves it. C- Caitlin's dramatic <laughs> and that's what's fun about her. Oh, I love it. I love I'm it. I'm dramatic too, I guess. So I, but I don't, I'm not dramatic about things I don't understand, which is like what, mm-hmm. what is, how how the Financial Times would jeopardize the New <laughs> yes. York Times?
0: We we literally went th- we literally went through the same thing with her, so I feel a kinship to you uh, right now that that I wasn't expecting. Mm. I, I just talked to some friends that lost significant amount of money from the Queen's death, like because they had to like how they had to like close shop. Because it's, like, not that it was illegal to be open, but it was, like, in poor taste,
1: I guess. Oh, And it was, like, oh, yeah. this
0: isn't wor- this isn't worth it to, like, to, to, to maybe receive backlash that, that we can't recover from.
1: How many local British
0: shopkeepers are you friends with, Chris? Jason, I, my name rings bells over there. I have quite a lot of acquaintances that, that keep local shops um, in different areas of town, so I can kind of check in.
2: Yeah, right. that's how I know you.
0: <laughs> <I've heard them. laughs> We go I've to the we speaking. go we go to the same we go to the same chippy. You do the same circle, the flower market. You all
2: transcend together. Exactly, we
0: <laughs> transcend together. Exactly.
1: Yeah. How many days did you take a break from your art after the queen passed?
2: Oh, I was in New York. I, my my show in New York opened that day, so I was like no one cared in new york no we didn't i was (laughs) delighted to be away
0: (laughs) it's the one thing as a as a full-blown angophile it's a one thing i've never understood is the the royal family and the fascination I, i don't understand it either people, like your peers, there are people that care. Um, I know very, very few people, very,
2: very, very few young people okay. who give any kind of a fuck. Like, I think it's part of a all different time. The, the word colonialism is like thrown around now amongst young people, which it maybe wasn't in my grandparents' generation, but yeah. it's also confusing because To be someone who doesn't, um, approve of or care about the royals is you're called Mm -hmm. a Republican, which is extremely (laughs) confusing to me.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. Because I
2: vote in the US. And so I'm like, I'm not, I am a Republican, but not (laughs) in North Carolina where I vote. I knew I liked you.
0: Uh, why do
2: you vote in,
0: why do you vote in North Carolina? Um, because
2: my dad got uh, some kind of surgical residency at Duke University Hospital and because they pay doctors so obscenely well over there. Um, he was, uh, thrilled to take it and my mom got knocked up in 1993 and I got born on American soil. God bless, God bless you. I knew, see, I feel it. Yeah, I knew. I, I knew have both passports. Number. I pay taxes. I do the, yeah, I do the whole thing. Is it worth it? Breeze through border control from Duke to the Duke. <laughs> that's, that's the next album.
1: So we always knew that you were a bit of a Southern girl at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, we were there for. I think probably 12 weeks after my birth. But, um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah, you could barely tell the accent anymore. Yeah, you, <laughs>
2: yeah. I was going to ask what
0: your kind of favorite barbecue style of North Carolina. I don't know was, anything but, about I barbecue. I
2: had, I had some grilled oysters at the Minetta Tavern a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And uh, I was told that they are also big in, in North Carolina. So, and I go on. I go on Street View every now and then and look at the address where I was, you know, born or the first place I ever lived and expect to feel something, but I feel
0: nothing. <laughs> mm. I was actually. We were celebrating my because I'm at my parents' house right now and we were celebrating my dad's birthday last night and they were trying to kind of talk about memories of childhood and I. I have zero. Like I barely remember high school. And I'm only forty years old. Mm. And I had no trauma. This I'm not blocking anything out. I had an idyllic childhood to the point where I have guilt <laughs> about it. And I don't know why I can't remember it or feel anything about it. I don't know why that why why I'm in this. Are you situation. asking
2: me?
1: And we're sort of looking for we're looking for you to sort of diagnose him yeah. if you don't mind. Do you have strong memories of what life was like in in high school yeah. and in elementary school and things like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I didn't finish high school, sadly, but I I remember why I didn't fi- finish high school very well. <laughs> sure, I, I remember that. I remember that as well. <laughs>
1: no, Chris, I'm the same way as you, and I've never wondered why either. I, you know, blame it on the drug use. But
2: Chris, when does your when does your memory start, as it were? Like, what what's the the furthest back you can go and get nostalgic? Like last year?
0: Yeah, I mean, I wish. Yeah, I wish. I unfortunately, I think it all kind of starts with like when I began to get into like punk and hardcore Mm. and like like so like early middle school is is when i really am like oh yeah i remember going to my friend's house and hearing this thing or i remember going here and here but kind of before that like in elementary school good luck
1: so when it got cool when (laughs) life got cool from then on i don't require these memories anymore i'm different now yeah
0: exactly i mean i don't know if life got cool
2: i definitely thought it did you just needed like a medium my friend my friend jed said he sat next to a girl at dinner last week who referred to her mother as an artist without a medium and i uh <laughs> love that and maybe this is your childhood yeah you were just an artist
0: without a medium i was i just had a lot of bad seven inch records and uh, i was kind of finding myself still <laughs> i thought, i'm i'm obsessed with that phrase because it's <laughs> i don't know it tickles me <laughs>
2: It's really funny <laughs> calling your mom that of all things. Anyway,
1: because that means that you yourself, the child, is is the work of art. Oh, the medium.
2: Yeah, you are the medium. Yeah,
1: to be abused mentally yeah. and physically. That's right. Um, I wanted we, you. You mentioned body dysmorphia earlier, and I, we don't need to get into the details of it, but um. You know what are, you, what are your thoughts on fellow musician and artiste Grimes and her sort of using that as a, a medium of art herself, perhaps? What, I what do don't you think?
2: Know. I don't really spend very long thinking about Grimes. Are you saying she she addresses it in her... <laughs> in her music or when she's appearing as herself.
1: I guess just sort of how, you know, like sort of how Kanye West now is using, you know, the fashion world as his canvas to do whatever, you know, trickery and 5D chess or whatever he thinks he's doing. Yeah. She one one could wager or argue that Grimes is using body manipulation and plastic surgery Um, not so much because she wants to look a certain way, but more so like as a weird kind of, Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 Art art medium or like, you know, shining a mirror onto ourselves or whatever.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess she's already had, she's always had kind of an alien thing going. Um, Mm -hmm. she was very ethereal looking always before. I guess I'm more, I'm more interested in the, maybe even the, the real housewives version of body dysmorphia, Mm -hmm. which is like this, uh, can't talk about it. Getting loads of surgery, definitely not well. Um,
1: but telling someone that they look really great. And when you say you're into that, do you mean for amusement?
2: No, I think I just, I relate to that more than being like, I want to become an alien and, um, and, uh, manipulate my body. You know, I, yeah, I feel like Grimes in doing that, uh, presumably she has more control over her body or some agency that she's able to say oh i can manipulate x y and z but i Mm -hmm. i identify more with like i don't know these women who are in just like a quiet prison Mm. of never really being sure how you look Mm. but needing knowing that something needs fixing at all times and not really being sure what
1: wow that's that sums it up quite well actually i don't know something that i feel like a lot of people are suffering from every day i'm
0: spinning out right now because i think you just yeah you just cracked my muffin Cracked my your muffin. personal muffin
2: <laughs> <laughs> is that even a phrase
0: that's a phrase that i've i've learned yeah recently but i think that the,
1: cracking you've just cracked my muffin i guess you just cracked my scone for for listening yeah, across yeah. the pond but i love i didn't yeah. i love that turn of phrase chris well well done
0: i learned it from one of the guys on the joe budden podcast i'm out sorry to tell you that jason but i yeah i just feel like that's a um not knowing what is wrong, but wanting to fix it is very, yeah, is absolutely what I'm doing with when I'm destroying myself with exercise multiple times a day.
2: Oh, and that's,
0: yeah, that's a real thing. I've, I feel like I've been through every iteration
2: of like punishing the body, mm-hmm. um, knowingly or unknowingly.
1: But um, yeah, it's if you punish it hard enough, then you don't have to really think, you know?
2: Of course, of course. Or you kind of don't have to, you don't have to have a body for a minute. Mm. you can just like i don't know you can just be like a head in a jar <laughs> no i i mean i deal with that whole thing relatively privately i'm like very candid in talking about it and write about it a lot mm-hmm. on my silly little blog um but <laughs> i wherever possible i would i hate to be photographed and i really don't like my face being out there mm mm-hmm. Because I'm just torturing myself
0: over it. But you, you know, you kind of know it's part of the job to an extent and you play ball when necessary, but you don't like it.
2: I don't like it. And it, I mean, you'd be amazed at how, how often you can just actively just, yeah,
0: not be seen, especially
2: as a, like a, um, a painter. I, I
1: mean, I, I don't, I don't know what you look like. Yeah. I looked on your Instagram. I have no idea what you look like.
2: It's a, it's almost a kind of vanity in a way, like of not wanting to be seen to that extent. But, um, but I I knew like for the New York Times piece, like they said we're not we're actually not gonna do the piece if you're not photographed. So yeah. I was like, Bitch, you gotta put your body dysmorphia aside for a, for an <laughs> afternoon.
0: <laughs> Suck it up. Um but, body dysmorphia, go sit down over there. Mommy has to get her picture taken.
2: Yeah, and then it came right back. It was just doing push ups as they say in AA or NA. Um, but uh yeah, so I try and avoid it at all costs and I am mystified by especially fellow female visual artists who'll get photographed at any opportunity. Cause I'm like, you don't need to do that, but mm. also go off.
1: <sighs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's fine. You never need to do it, but somehow the world tells us that it helps.
2: Yeah. Maybe they like, it, and maybe it does help on some level. You know, maybe I, maybe I'm naive about it, but I, it, it wouldn't, it would not help me within. So yeah, I personally don't do it. And I um, I, I mean, I'll paint pictures of myself sometimes, but that's,
1: that's like a How do you feel about the sound of your own voice?
2: I, I forget how uh, deep it is sometimes and I'm like, "Oh shit." And then but then I remember I was like mistaken for my dad mm-hmm. a lot as a child on the phone.
0: <laughs> I find it I find it quite uh
2: relaxing actually. Yeah. I love cigarettes. <laughs> I love cigarettes.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I smoke all the time. My voice sounds fucking stupid.
2: Oh yeah, no no. My my voice was like this. It's always been like this and I I come from a family of very deep-voiced women, so it's clearly built in. It's a
1: blessing. <laughs> What's your brand of cigarettes?
2: When I'm, when I'm in the US, I'll smoke those really thin menthol things, Capri's or Virginia Slim's. Um, and I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, here I roll tobacco and it's a brand called Amberleaf. And it's uh,
1: fantastic. You a you a morning or are you an evening smoker? A little bit of both.
2: I'm all day.
1: All day.
0: It's my
2: favorite. It's all I've got left. <laughs>
1: Look, that, that's what, that's what I say about the
0: uh, about the treadmill. I get it.
2: Yeah. Maybe dessert. Sober
1: people you know. are keeping the cigarette industry alive. I mean, I
2: yeah, I'm trying. Single handedly, I'm trying. <laughs> um, I've never bothered with the vape. The vape stuff. It's I I just can't. Smart no. Um, but I also I exercise enough, and it's I just about break even. I'm sure at some point my body <laughs> will be like, you have to choose, but not right now.
0: What kind of exercise are we doing over there? Because that's not part of the culture, really. You know,
2: we are we are biking everywhere. Okay. Um, it's giving biking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's giving cyclists. It's giving two wheels. It's going. Yeah. Okay. We're giving a saddle, and we're giving commu- commuting. <laughs> Um London's a little bit of a scary ru- uh, place to ride a bike bicycle around, isn't it? Oh, it's terrifying.
2: You you have to have a death wish. It's, it's key. Luckily you do. Luckily I do. And uh I not only do I have a death wish, but I also enjoy um there are some very serious cyclist men who are always clad in lycra and they have all of the um accoutrements
0: and the weird clip-in shoes
1: chris what's the word for word for those types of people
0: no you mean cyclist jason do i have a detrimental term do
1: i yeah no there's like a there's a derogatory term for those types of cycling guys who have bikes that cost ten thousand pounds oh well
0: usually i call them fake mm. exercisers because they're usually 50 pounds overweight yeah, and they yeah. just they they still they, they bike 100 miles to eat a donut and it just doesn't make sense it to just me. It sense. I mean, the, we would say all the gear, and no idea. That's what it, that seems to be. There.
1: All the gear and no idea. Yeah,
2: and right. uh, I, I like to race them. There's a really steep hill coming up to my apartment when I get back from the studio, and I, I love to race them.
1: Oh, sorry, I found it. It's called a mammal. Oh. It's called a mammal. <laughs> which is an acronym for middle-aged man in lycra.
0: Mammil, yeah. That's good. So you're biking a lot as a mode of transportation but also exercise.
2: Sometimes I'll do sometimes I'll do the treadmill if I'm feeling like a little bit gross and especially my my studio gets extremely cold in the in the winter, so I'll just do a quick 3 minutes just to
0: warm up. Hold on, hold on. Are you are you saying that you have a treadmill in your studio? Yes. Oh wow, this is very cool. It's it's a Peloton tread okay it's disgusting no they're very nice i like the i like the it's dial disgusting. system and and for it did kill a child and they had to discontinue it but you're still with what us. yeah you didn't know that
2: no yeah it killed a child or i did read that and i repressed it
0: don't play stupid with us izzy you know exactly what you did to that kid it wasn't a huge story maybe over there but yeah a kid died they had to like they they kind of stopped making them for a little while it's fine now
2: holy shit let's blame, let's, shit, blame
0: let's blame the child here you know it's not it's not peloton's
2: i mean fault.
1: one of his little tom brown shoelaces probably got caught in the motor exactly. who knows
2: we don't hold children a Uh, accountable enough and
0: (laughs) we're putting our foot down today we're putting our foot down
2: it's time i mean thank god i'm not having kids so i can keep the treadmill
0: yeah yeah you're good yeah you're you're good you if you prioritize exercise over everything else then then the treadmill stays (laughs) kids never making an entrance yeah
2: yeah no I, i bought the treadmill uh panicked when i when i quit smoking i lasted nine weeks um, and I was not myself for a single day of those nine weeks. Um, but I did get a lot of use out of that treadmill. Now it kind of sits there just for special occasions.
0: If I walked into a, a studio where painting was taking place and I also saw a treadmill, I would be very excited. Honey, I'm home. That's exciting. Yeah, that's a very nice juxtaposition of the artist and, and the athlete, you know? I
2: mean, I keep the treadmill in this little sort of, it's like a little alcove. Um, that is slightly hidden it's not like right in the middle like i don't just tread mill and then look at all my paintings at the same time but um
1: it's in the, it's in the gym you can just say that it's in the gym yeah area.
2: and i it's it's in it's actually in the gym area so um
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> near the kettlebells in my in my studio no no i'm like a, i'm a bit ashamed of it because it's like eating disordery, and it um it reminds me of how not far i've come in some ways um that i still insist on it's punishy yeah it's weird and it's like me trying to make up for smoking so many cigarettes which itself is punishing
0: and it just i don't know it all compounds i i see it differently but i understand where you're coming from
2: well it sounds like you're in the the pink cloud of exercise where it's really serving you
1: or he just likes to be punished
0: or you like to be punished the pink cloud has lasted a long time so i don't know how pink it is still um but yeah i mean it's just it's I just think that investing in quality gear is important and that's what you've done and that's what I want to kind but of Not do. music equipment. Yeah, no, that's that's dork <laughs> shit. Yeah, and if
1: you want I can show you a couple brochures <laughs> on a nice new digital audio interface.
2: Well, I was I was brutally love bombed by a musician um, earlier in the year and somehow as part of the whole thing he convinced me to buy a bunch of like like an old like German microphone and like a really fancy interface and a and a preamp which I'd never heard of. Oh, you don't need a fucking preamp. This guy bamboozled you. I know what an amp is, but I don't know what a preamp is. Um, <laughs> is it like pre cum? <laughs> is this in so many ways? Yeah, it is. I guess it's fine, but it's equally potent. <laughs> is this someone we know?
1: Who? Yeah. Did Skrillex talk you into the Neumann the Neumann mic?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It
1: was
2: Skrillex. It was Ed Sheeran. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Ed, Ed, Ed is, is very persuasive. He talked me right into that $11,000 German microphone.
2: He's persuasive, but he's toxic. He will love bomb you <laughs> and then, um, abandon, <laughs> abandon you in Los Angeles. Um, no, maybe you, I, I, yeah, I don't want to.
0: No, but I'm saying, I'm saying it w- was it somebody that you would believe because of their accomplishments as an artist? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, yeah. okay. That's what I'm trying to
2: yeah. understand. No, no, no. It was like, it was a very, um, it was a very legit
1: source. Were you able to trade some of your artwork with Fortet to get this gear, or how did it work? (laughs) (laughs) That laugh means we're getting closer. That's so funny. No. Fortet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh okay all right look thank you that's f- amazing thank you for joining us today. See, we had a blast talking to you yeah. oh it was, God, a, it, was it was our pleasure and um, music is, is where people find music I imagine
1: yeah go watch that video on YouTube listen to it on Spotify and Apple Music
2: the song is called debt as in um, the national debt
1: <laughs> and you also have a, you have a video for another song directed by Lena Dunham starring Hari Neff which true. True. Both of those people have been on Guilty. the show as well, so it's all in the True. family. Friend of the show. Uh, fr- Friend of- Yeah. Friends so you of can watch show. that one second. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, yeah, that that that's always going to be there. That's available and but the debt is like, I don't know, as a as a something that I fucking paid for myself.
1: <laughs> Just watch that. <laughs> for the simple fact that it came out of your own pocket, let's watch that first. Yeah, and I want
2: I would love to know if people think I would have been sued. Okay. By by Hasbro as okay. someone who was on Sony okay. and making absolutely no waves at all mm-hmm. in that in the music world with that label. And I'd love I'd love, you know, some if there are some fine legal minds.
1: We'll post a video and I'll do an Instagram poll on my stories for and I'll say only lawyers respond to this and then we'll get a pretty good answer. It's been a real pleasure, Izzy. Thank you for taking the time.
2: Of course. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Later.